All right. Welcome to That's Good Sports podcasting company network. Will Keys, co-host, Brandon Pernick, co-host. Those are the guys doing this podcast. Uh, if you're on YouTube watching this on my second channel, consider yourself lucky because I can't even upload to my main channel right now because YouTube is trying to destroy me, Will. Yeah, um, big problem. Uh, part of being a, a person who uploads videos on YouTube for money is actually being able to upload the videos on YouTube. Really uh, important going out part, on yeah. part of that equation is being... So, to make right. Videos. What can we tell uh, the people to do to harass YouTube to uh, sign a petition? Uh, what do we? How do we mobilize the troops here? I think they got to reach out to some company, not YouTube. Like, do we get uh, Daily Motion on this Vimeo? Yeah, get, just get me to a place that's going to pay me enough money to do a show where then I can also pay Will to help me continue to write said show. And then it just becomes the best football comedy show that's ever existed. Well, here's the thing. Uh, HBO's got a vacancy on Sunday nights now, so. Yeah, I could fill that. I could fill that Game of Thrones, well, with a, a half hour. I can't do a full hour. You can't do a full hour? No. no, 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 no. Certainly Honestly, not do, 80 like, minutes. Here's what we do. We do a half an hour, the actual show. And then the other half hour, uh, well, first we get like a, we get like the catch up um, montage, like previously on that's oh, yeah. good sports. Right. And that lasts like 10 minutes. Cool. Uh, and then we have like a coming up next week, except it's all made up because we don't know what the news is going to be. Yeah. Cause we're not like, yeah. And then I'm trying to do the math here. The last 10 minutes is like an inside the episode where we're talking to, we're talking about what just happened. Like, uh, like Benny off and Weiss. Right. They're doing that for all HBO shows now. Like they've been doing it after the Barry episodes with, uh, Bill Hader and, uh, Oh God. Henry Winkler. No, 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 no. The co-creator. Yeah. Alec. Alec Berg, Berg who, yeah. who did a bunch right. of Seinfeld and all other, all that other shit. Uh, anyway, basically, I'm going back to the YouTube thing. I'm, get, I'm going back to it because usually Will and I record these shows on Wednesday, and then sometimes I'll get them up Wednesday night, sometimes Thursday morning. Uh, but I was too emotionally distraught to even try to record yesterday because YouTube... And I don't even know for sure. Like, I'm still waiting for creator support and somebody to tell me why a bunch of my old videos got removed. And then YouTube handed me community copyright strikes saying I violated YouTube's community guidelines. I got an email from YouTube that said I violated them by promoting, like, unregulated goods or regulated goods, which could have been like alcohol or all this other stuff, which wasn't true. But in that, they mentioned like online casinos. And the only common theme I found in the videos that all got flagged were I had a link to FanDuel where you could sign up to play FanDuel with my promo code, which 
I think I only mentioned in one episode at the very end, I said something about, you know, go check out FanDuel. And the rest, like, I just auto had that link going in. And this was 2014, 2015. I made $0 from that shit because nobody signed up because nobody even knew it was fucking there. <laughs> uh, but I think YouTube implemented new policies about companies like FanDuel, which rec- retroactively screwed me without warning or without saying, hey, we need you to take any of these links down from your videos. You have, you know, a week to do it, 24 hours to do it. I don't care. I would have taken the links out. I don't work with FanDuel. They're not a partner. You know what I mean? And that's like, I follow the rules of advertising on YouTube. You got to say it's an ad. You got to click like a box, which I didn't know. And now I do and like all that shit. So like I got blindsided by this thing. And what's scary is when you get two strikes, you're a strike away from having your channel shut down. Yeah, much uh, like baseball. Yeah. That's, yeah. That second strike also won't let me upload videos right now to my main channel. Uh, so, yeah, I freaked out because response time from YouTube was about nine hours in between emails. And they, they don't put you in contact with somebody. I tried to use the chat feature on YouTube and I would not get a chat box. And then I would get an email like 30 minutes later saying, oh, our chat didn't work. What can I help you with? So I tell them, they're like, okay, let me get back to you. Send me some links. Then I do. And then they're like, oh, somebody else is already working on this. Wait for them to respond. And it's just like a mess. Well, it is a so, mess. Yeah. And this has been happening to a lot of people, right? Apparently. That's what I gathered on Twitter. And cool. disproportionately looks like it is affecting sports channels. Maybe because of the sports worked, betting. Worked yeah. with DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever. Um and the, the funny thing is, like, FanDuel has a YouTube channel. DraftKings has a YouTube channel. Uh, I found a FanDuel ad on their channel with, with links to sign up at FanDuel. That's not flagged. And, again, I haven't even, like, they haven't even confirmed to me that this is the issue. It could be something else that I don't know about. Um, they, like, they could just be trying to censor me in these videos. Like, but yeah. I doubt that's what it is because community – guideline violations are for like serious shit like promoting violence uh telling people to do violent things promoting like unhealthy things like uh glamour glamorizing like anorexia or like shit like i have never we know you do done. yeah exactly so like i would be very curious if they're like no you violated the guidelines by saying fuck or dick or something but so I'm just in limbo because I still can't upload there. So at least we're going to do this podcast. Anyway, I just had to get all that off my chest because it has been weighing on me, Will. Yeah, right. So if you're listening and um, you're near YouTube headquarters, uh, I have no idea where that is. I don't even know if they do have a headquarters. Uh, But please go outside and pick it uh, and (laughs) camp out and do something about it. Take action. Uh, like I said, I have no idea if there is a physical headquarters, but if there is, I want people. I think people there out. are uh, many, many headquarters. <laughs> Probably. That's the thing. Like, I think what they did was they like made a new algorithm to search out like these links and just started yeah. auto flagging them. And then <sighs> you can't do anything about it as a creator. It's insane. Like, 
for somebody who's uploaded over a thousand videos to that channel, been working on YouTube for like the last six years, like in a second to realize like the platform you work on could be taken away. It's, it's like if you were a business owner, right? every day uh, your landlord could just go in and take your, your building where you make pizzas away from you. Like you don't yeah. get a contract with, with YouTube or a lease or any of that crap. Anyway, we're going to talk about football. We've That's got, right. That's what we're here to do. Um, the big news got? this week was Chris Harris wasn't extended, but he got a raise for 2019. So uh, John Elway is basically paying him an extra three and a half million this season, which I think uh, we both agree that he deserves. Uh, a lot of people were kind of bashing this move to say, um, you know, giving a player extra money for one year and not adding years onto their contract is not wise, but I disagree um, on the basis that it, it creates a little bit of goodwill uh, going yeah. to contract talks next year. Uh, and also Chris Harris has been very, very underpaid for most of his career. Yeah, it's uh, I totally agree. I don't, I don't see how this hurts the Broncos. No, um, they're not signing. They're not signing Gerald McCoy anyway. It's not like uh, right. There's this guy waiting to be signed. Yeah, it's not like they dipped into cap space that hurt him from right. signing like that last guy who was going to put him over the hump because they've got many humps to overcome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and some people are like, well, this means any player in his last year of his contract can just ask for more money. Uh, you can ask. Yeah, any player could have done that at any time they wanted. I, I think what this does show is like at least a little bit of John Elway is going to – look at players individually and how they've contributed to the team. Um, and Elway's probably not going to be there much longer anyway. So like in two years, you know, when his contract's done, if he doesn't come back, the next player does it. The next regime is like, well, that was Elway. We're not doing that shit. We're not going to yeah. give you more money in your last year of contract. Different guy. So like, right. I think you're right. The, and I don't, I don't think Chris Harris is going to be back. I feel like, the thing nobody's really talking about is it doesn't seem like he wanted to extend his contract with the Broncos. And I think Harris is pretty weary about the, how successful this team will be moving forward, mostly because of like all of the problems they've had on the offense. And then over the last couple of years, like the issues with the coaching on the defense. And I think most of the players are going to be very happy with the way things are done on the defensive side of the ball but as a player who is getting older like Chris Harris, I think he's going to want to be somewhere where he has a legitimate chance to win. And unless he feels like that with the Broncos after this season, I don't know if he's coming back. That's true. But at, at the same time, uh, I would put it like, I don't know, just to put a number on it, I'd say 70-30. He doesn't come back. But so much can change in a year. And if they yeah. go like, even if they go like 9-7 and seven and 10-6, and six, uh, that could flip completely. Oh, I totally agree. If – if they're good, then I think there's a chance he comes back because right. staying in the same city where you live, like he has a family, I think he has three daughters, like moving your family, like doing yeah. all that shit factors in. If you can stay where you're at because you feel good about the team and you're going to get paid, that's the other thing. The Broncos are going to have to pay him. Like he said, he wants to be the highest paid corner. So that's the Broncos will have more cap yeah. space moving forward, but I have no idea what they're going to be willing to pay like to keep Chris Harris. So right. I'm, I'm just happy that he will be here this year because I was excited about 
the Broncos secondary again with the additions they made. But the core, the key piece there is Chris Harris to make all of that work. Right. You know? It's right, like right. they have a lot of options because there's like 50 safeties on the roster. <laughs> so uh, I, I think the defense should be fun to watch again. Yeah, you've got a lot of versatile guys like Kareem Jackson and Chris Harris who can play. Jackson can obviously play corner and safety, and then Chris Harris you can move pretty much wherever. I wouldn't be surprised if like later in his career he adds a couple years just playing safety. Just because I think he's got such good instincts and he's so good in zone that he could make it work. But yeah, yeah it's the, a it's a defense that can can do a lot of different things and throw a lot of different looks at the offense, which is yeah. a good thing. Well, and what Fangio's done in the past is like he takes pressure off of his corners by asking that safety or that linebacker to basically cover at like that like those guys have to be able to cover like corners. So Yeah. And that's why he's been able to disguise some of his zone defenses and coverages so well is because you don't know who's covering on certain plays. And if you've got the versatility with your linebackers and safeties, linebacker to be seen, like I don't know who that's going to be for the Broncos, but if they use guys like Sua Cravens as a safety linebacker, or Will Parks, obviously, as his roles increased over the last few years, like it should be the Broncos defense – like, all of that should fit well. And maybe, like, Chris Harris, seeing that, could play with the Broncos longer than he could somewhere else if the, the, the scheme's there and if he could at some point transition to safety, which I don't think he's close to having to do that either. Like, everybody's talking about his age, but he hasn't shown, like, a drop in his play at all. And he suffered an unfortunate bone fracture last year in his leg, which – he healed from pretty quickly and would have played in the playoffs had that even been an option for the Broncos. So, like, I'm not worried about his health. He's been injured basically twice his whole career, and he's still playing really good football. And a broken yeah. bone is, like, it's not one of those injuries that, like an Achilles or something, that you can have concern of it slowing you down physically, athletically. Um, right, yeah. Chris Harris tore his ACL in the, in the playoffs back in 2013. 2013. And then came back and probably at his best year in 2014 and didn't allow a touchdown for like a year and a half after tearing his ACL. He's never allowed a touchdown as far as I'm concerned. No, no, it's always been someone else's someone fault. Someone else's fault. Yeah, <laughs> probably TJ Ward. That guy couldn't cover. Probably, yeah, TJ Ward was always the guy who got all the shit. Whenever yeah. a tight end would score on the Broncos when the defense was so good, it was like – Yeah, but everyone was also like, oh, but we need TJ Ward to cover Gronk. But also he can't cover. Right. No, we just need T.J. Ward to blow out Gronk's knee like he did with the Browns. Yeah, that too. Uh, all right, so Chris Harris, staying put for 2019. Uh, other big news with our team, uh, Steve Antonopoulos, the trainer, the Greek. The Greek. He is going to present the owner, Pat Bowen, at his Hall of Fame ceremony, induction, whatever you want to call it, in August. Uh, he's only the second trainer to present someone uh, at Canton. So yeah, just the first the move, first being but... Megan. <laughs> oh, was nice. I waiting for that, Will? Nah. <laughs> okay. Get him to the Greek. Another good reference. Very good. Um, 
I lost everything. I lost everything where we're at. Okay. Antonopoulos has been with the Broncos for like a hundred years. Yeah, he's basically the only person that's been there is like through every regime. Uh, every you know, Bowen's been there since '84. I don't know how long the Greeks been there, but uh, they're basically the two constants, right, on this team. And so I, I guess uh, it makes sense in that regard. I think the obvious choice would be John Elway. But I kind of I kind of like this better. Yeah, John Elway gets to talk all the time. Yeah. Uh, Greek's just one of those figures with the Broncos who's been around so long. It's weird to just like n- like know who that guy is coming out on the field when a player gets hurt. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Steve Antonopoulos. Like, how many fan bases know that guy for their team? And, Probably not many. And I don't even like. Here's the thing that's funny. It's like, I don't even know if Antonopoulos is good at his job anymore. Like (laughs) he's been there so long and like part of me thinks that he's old and maybe not the, and this is just like, this this is based on, on no information. But to me, it's just like, shouldn't they have like somebody who's maybe more up to speed with the new ways of healing? And like, I just feel like he's the kind of guy who sees a guy get hurt and just be like, yeah, put some, Put some dirt on it. Get back out there. And yeah, rub a, rub a stick of butter on it. Yeah, I don't know if that's him at all, but that's just like my impression because he's been around so long. It's like that. Uh, the Giants had a trainer who was on their staff from like 1948 to 2007. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's like, dude, you're you're pirate, you're pioneering uh, early surgery. That's insane. Like, uh, hey, how do how do I heal from this pectoral injury? Pectoral injury. Uh, I would get on the weight bench and uh, just just grind through it, make it stronger that way. It's like, uh, hey, dude, do you have a PhD? Uh, no, but I served as a medic in World War II. Perhaps that will work. Get give me more morphine on the field. Bags of morphine for everyone. Uh, we yeah, we learned that that actually kills you. So I don't care. 1948, Jesus yeah. Lord. Just rub a big stick of butter on it. It'll yeah. feel better. Uh, bite, down, bite down on this bullet. <laughs> we got to amputate. Oh, man. Could you? Anyway, Pat Bowling going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Pat Bowling. The Broncos season starts August 1st. Pre-season it does. Hall yeah. of Fame game, super early. Um, Very nice for once. So. I guess, yeah, because the Broncos will have five preseason games, which for me, I just go, oh, that's more work in the summer. Yeah. But uh, probably actually good for Vic Fangio, like a new head coach, to get just a little bit extra practice and figuring out how he's going to coach during the game. Uh, Probably a good year for the Broncos to have that. It's Um, also good for, like, the, the guys on the roster bubble. Yeah, no, that's true. There's not that many, but, like, with increased practice squad uh, rosters, it really helps to get a game, especially one where the starters aren't going to play. And even like Drew Locke, like yeah. he could get a ton of work in the yeah, preseason. Yeah. Um, he'll pro- I mean, he'll probably start, right? I would imagine. Him or Hogan. Fangio yeah, is going out of his way to, to praise Kevin Hogan, which was a little surprising, but hey, it makes sense. He's been in the league for like four or five years now. Yeah, he should look a, bet, a lot better than Drew Locke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, so what uh, what do we got from the NFL, Will? Okay. Uh, so this is big news. 
you already talked about it before uh youtube tried to shut me the fuck down yeah the the hurricane of uh youtube's wrath took over your channel but the raiders signed an offensive lineman who hasn't played since 2017 oh who is that you might ask well it's richie incognito who hasn't played in a couple years for a reason reason he's an insane person yeah, and we, we, we mean that affectionately because uh, – Not really. Not really. <laughs> Richie Incognito probably, from what it appears, has very serious mental problems. Uh, yes. He seems like – it seems like Richie Incognito was always sort of like just a bad dude, like a bad, shitty person. Yeah. Who on top of that has like mental health problems. Like you can be like a, a nice person and have issues and Correct. man, he does not seem like a nice person on top of all that other shit. And I saw today on Twitter that yeah, during his last, like, I don't know, couple months in Buffalo, like Buffalo as an organization put extra security at their facility, basically in case Richie Incognito did something. Jesus, like the city of Buffalo must have been on watch with Chad Kelly and, and Richie Incognito roaming the streets for a couple of years. Yeah, if you're the Ready Buffalo Bills, everything, and you're worried about a dude, what does that say about that dude? <laughs> like, I feel like Buffalo's pretty laid back. Like, fuck it, man, we're the Bills. We're gonna get through this. We got the crazy fans. Like, I don't know. To be like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, guys. <laughs> Yeah, Chad Kelly, Richie Incognito, OJ Simpson. What does what does Buffalo do to a person? Is my question. What does Buffalo? That I mean, we'll the have to movie that. Buffalo '66. Oh yeah, that's a fucked up movie. <laughs> it just it, it speaks volumes about uh, the city of Buffalo. Apologies if you're from Buffalo. It seems like a nice place. Yeah, I would like to hang out in Buffalo for a while just to yeah, see, for, just for to a little see, bit. man, for a little bit. Here's it like. Here's a question for you, Will. Okay. Who, who actually deserves to be a, in jail? Richie Incognito or Aunt Becky? All right. So we got Aunt Becky looking at uh, four 40, dimes. In 40 the years? 40 years. Seems reasonable. For, for bribing, was it Harvard? For paying? Uh, I think it was USC. Stanford or U- oh, yeah. Yeah, you... Man, if they, you can't yeah, get into pick USC, an Ivy League school, she's got a USC. Yeah, if you can't get into USC, like just yeah, do your community college time. Exactly. Oh yeah, you have to go to. Oh, I'm sorry, I have to go to Santa Barbara City College for two years. What a yeah, what a travesty. Basically, do the same thing. Uh, she wasn't going to class anyway. Whoa. No, forty years seems like too much. Richie Incognito, zero years. Uh, basically you know, turn Jonathan Martin into a shell of himself. And I, I mean, he, he threatened to kill people at a funeral home yeah. while he had guns in his car. Like uh-huh. that is, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's one there. strike from YouTube for that. Yeah. Uh, don't do that again or else. And it's like, it is so cliche too. Like the reason He's getting a 50th chance is because he's pretty damn good at football. Also, it's the Raiders giving him the chance. Oh, yeah, which is obviously perfect. Uh, uh-huh. 
he is good at football, so they will tolerate. <laughs> yeah, literally, like, they will tolerate. They'll tolerate insanity. They are right. I like Mike Mayock's justification too. It's like you can't have all Boy Scouts on your team. We're so, looking for high character guys, and we're also looking for not Boy Scouts. Yeah, it's like, well, uh, I I'm gonna go out on a limb and say you don't have any Boy Scouts, at least current Boy Scouts on your team. Uh, Derek Carr probably a long time ago strikes me as a Boy Scout. Yeah, Eagles. He's got Eagle Scout potential. Yeah, before he discovered the cure and started wearing eyeliner at age 15. I think he's a little young to have discovered the cure. <laughs> care for what it would have been uh, like uh he discovered like a uh, good charlotte or something yeah probably uh my chemical romance seems oh yeah yeah like better than good charlotte but same same thing yeah yeah just you know any uh 2000s emo rock right will work there yeah okay you don't yeah you can't have all boy scouts uh so let's sign antonio brown uh, you know, you don't get a badge for throwing uh, furniture out of your window and almost hitting a toddler. No, nope. uh, but I, I'm pretty sure they don't teach you that in the Boy Scouts. Vontez Perfect. Um, Let, let's let's give Vontez Perfect this little cr- bit of of credit. Okay, he has had less off field issues True. than Antonio True. Brown and Richie Incognito. At least Perfect saves. His crazy shit right. for on the field. Like, yeah, I mean, by all accounts, he's like a really good person off the field, which is very strange. But yeah, because like I don't, I don't think he's been like arrested or done no. anything crazy off the field. Like everything's just been him trying to murder dudes a little bit after the whistle, or maybe hitting them illegally right. during the whistle. Which like you kind of have to admire that. Like if he's got like all this pent up aggression, maybe like he just lets it loose uh, within the lines. Maybe not you know, between the whistles, but definitely <laughs> between on the, the lines. Yeah. Not between the whistles, but between the lines. Like that's a compromise from him. Right. Really. I, I can't wait until, uh, I just want hard knocks with the Raiders. I mean, I'm not the first person to say it. I think everybody, everybody wants it at this point. Jay Gruden said they should yeah. do the Raiders yesterday. I want, uh, just a nice little toss, right. Where Richie incognito as the guard has to pull Ooh. and then hit Vontez perfect as the middle linebacker and see what happens. Yeah. And, or like Antonio far, Brown has a, has a, like a, a each other and seeing like, you know, yeah. Or maybe a, like. a crackback block on perfect. Too. Oh yeah. Okay. Although I don't think AB, I don't, I don't know how much blocking he actually does. Probably very little. He's good enough where he doesn't have to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He let Heinz Ward do all that for him. Yeah, also notoriously very dirty player. Yeah. He's available, you know. The Raiders need someone. Yeah. He could still – I bet he could still play. I think so. Who's like a, a player who's kind of old, been out of the league for a few years, that you think could probably still play? Uh, I, I was going to say Ed Reed. I don't know why that came to mind. He's already in the Hall of Fame. Jeez. Um, <laughs> I feel like uh, Brett Favre could still play quarterback, actually. Yeah, I think he, uh, Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> oh, man, Vinny. Vinny's a legend. That's all he did is, like, he just, like, for the he'd last – He'd retire years, he'd like, and then come, come back, uh, yeah. you know, week four. <laughs> yeah, no, he'd, like, be like, all right, I'm 40. 
but the Panthers need a starter for one game. So I'm coming out and throwing for 400 yards. And yeah, then I feel pretty good at the bench after that and collecting my check. So that's my answer. That's a, I think it's always going to be Vinny. Uh, we should do an episode on like five old players. George Blanda, maybe. I think he's dead, but I, he might be able to. Bronco Nagurski. <laughs> yeah. Jim um, Thorpe. Yeah. Um, it can, yeah, play a little fullback for you. Fullback, man, that would be like that position makes sense in terms of a, a guy being able to come back to do it in that probably don't have to know a ton, just like no, just which side you got to smash somebody, but physically yeah. could be pretty, pretty brutal, pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like you can run all like, yeah, you get Jim Thorpe in there to play a little fullback run for like five straight plays, but then you throw him a pass and like it, he breaks his ankles, like trying to catch up to it. <laughs> it's like never seen a ball fly that far, that fast. You know who I think Shannon Sharp could do it too. Yeah, I think so. I think he could come in and like, I think he could put up like 300 yards, four touchdowns in a season. I feel like he could be a good red zone tight end and also like still like a, like a good block. Like, well, he was, he was like the first, well, not the first, but one of the first real like receiving tight ends. He didn't block a lot, but he could come back and be a blocking tight end. I feel like that's the kind of shape he stays in. Uh, Tony Gonzalez. Uh, Absolutely good. Tight ends a good position for it. I think. Yeah. We just saw Jason Witten do it. Although we have no idea what he's going to look like. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah. All it takes is one really, really shitty year on Monday Night Football to, <laughs> to get your motivation uh, to, yeah, to I'll go, football back. I'll go make $4 million for the Cowboys one more time. I'll do it, yeah. Then and I'll then come back and then probably broadcast again and make uh, several more millions after people forget how bad I was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's give them another shot. That's called pulling a rabbit out of your head. Out of your head ass. Head asshole. Okay, so Richie Incognito on the Raiders. Uh, surprised at all, really? No, I don't think so. Not surprised that he's on the Raiders, but surprised that he was still being considered to yeah. fucking play in the NFL. Like, like we talked about in the video, it goes against everything the NFL just basically said that they were going to start taking seriously about mental health for players. Uh, I guess he's a good case study for having a mental health professional on the facility. Uh, I do think that making them work overtime for the Raiders. Uh, whoever gets that job for the Raiders now has the hardest job in all sports between Brown, Perfect, and Incognito and John Gruden. Like, yeah, presumably Gruden himself can't yeah. be like the most sane person in yeah. the organization. I think like that's what Jay Gruden basically said this week. They asked him something about like uh, Dominique Rogers Cromartie retiring midseason, and he was like, "Yeah, well, John can do that to a person." <laughs> Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just – I'm really starting to like Jay Gruden is what I'm saying. He's I think had, we can all agree that he's the better Gruden. He's had the zingers this week. Yeah, yeah. He's been like, uh, well, if I don't make the playoffs, I'm not going to have to worry about it. Yeah, to come year. back on for Hard Knocks 2020. He said right, the Raiders right. should do it this year, and then Washington could do it the next year. Uh, but I probably won't be back uh, if I don't make it to the playoffs, and I doubt Washington's going to make it to the playoffs. Probably not. But you never know. Okay. Wait, uh, is Jay Gruden's offensive guy, right? The yeah. Offensive coordinator? 
Yeah, he's the coordinator for the Bengals. I feel like after this year, he's going to come back somewhere and, like, just be a really good offensive coordinator. And that's probably, like, what he maybe should be. Probably. But who knows? Maybe he's just got that family name. Like I don't know. Like, I'd be willing to give him a chance somewhere uh, that's not Washington, just knowing what a tire fire that whole organization is. Oh, as, like, a head coach, you're saying? Yeah. He's he's never been terrible, has he? No, and he's made – I feel like he's made do yeah. with nothing over and over again, whether that's yeah. like the, the organization being terrible or you look at last season when all of his quarterbacks right. just got terribly hurt. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're on track to make the playoffs too before Alex Smith, um, you know, shark bit his leg off in the middle of the game. Before he so. jumped the shark. Yeah, really. All right, finally for – well, we're going to do – we're going to get into your – Will is very excited to talk Game of Thrones because we am. couldn't talk about it for the last – since we started working together because Will didn't watch. And yeah, and it took me all of like three weeks to watch the series. Yeah, and Will and I are both very into television and movies, so it's been a – I don't want to say a rift in our relationship, but I've written a lot of – game of thrones references and scripts and will couldn't he couldn't bounce off ideas and now we can it's basically a requirement for the job yeah uh but first you're you're looking forward to uh this warriors raptors basketball series will yeah i i am looking forward to it uh it's gonna be tonight probably yesterday if you're listening to this uh the day it gets posted no i'll get this up today i get this okay. up on thursday yeah, today. why not fuck it tonight uh um, i can't post to my main channel so what the fuck am i gonna do Good point. Yeah, Warriors, Raptors. First question for you, Brandon. Are you going to watch? Probably not. Okay. I'll I'll probably, like, check updates on Twitter, maybe look at it come the fourth quarter if it's close. All right, second question for you. Can you name two players on the Toronto Raptors? Ooh, Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) Thought you'd get that one, yeah. Um. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. Nope, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> okay. All Give right. me some of their guys. I'll tell you if I know who they are. All right. Let's see. Kyle Lowry. Uh, a really big ass. The name sounds Kinda familiar. Shorter. Mike Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, Mike Lowry. Danny Green. Danny he was Green. a part of the is a part of the Kawhi Leonard trade. They gave him away for nothing. Uh, Mark Gasol. Oh, I know Mark. Yeah, Pal's brother. Right. Yeah. Good job, Mark with a C. Yeah, they traded for him midseason. Probably I talked about it in that uh, trade deadline episode. Oh, yeah. He and he he was with um, the Grizzlies before. Correct. Yeah. Good job. <clears throat> All right. Sports yeah, guy. I'm a sports guy. Let's see. Uh Fred Van Vliet. Nope, never heard of that. Okay. Name. Uh <laughs> he's not a that. Gonna shoot some three pointers. Shot eighty two percent from three the last three games of that Bucks series. Really good. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> you, know who, do that again. you know who I thought was really good and basically changed the series for Portland was CJ McCullough. Yeah, right? CJ McCollum. McCollum, yeah. yeah. That dude, like, he was unstoppable at times. 
was yeah, he was very good, especially in that like four overtime game. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna, yeah, he's gotten into it with Skip Bayless a little bit, which is not the thing to do with Skip Bayless because he's the prime example of feeding the troll. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, that's you just true. just move along with your life and don't give him any ammunition. Troy what's, Aikman found that out the hard way. <laughs> what's uh, what's your prediction for the series? How quickly do the Warriors win it? I don't know. I, I it's. You think, Toronto, uh, think Toronto's got a, a good chance here? I do, yeah, because they're playing at home. So they've got the first two games in Canada. Uh, Toronto is a very hard place to win because they have a very good home crowd. Uh, Oracle Arena is also a very hard place to win. These are the last uh, few games that they're ever going to play in that stadium. Oh. Uh, so there will be a raucous crowd, I'm sure. They're getting a new arena, Golden State? Yeah, yeah. So they play in Oakland right now. They play next to the Raiders. Right. Uh, but it's they're moving to actual uh, San Francisco. Oh. By, uh, yeah, University of San Francisco. Cool. So they got – yeah, they got that opening up next year. They got a bunch of uh, Silicon Valley douchebags uh, wearing their jersey over their button-up shirts and khakis. And their wads of money. Yes. Yeah, and they're uh, – Gavin Newsom haircuts. Oh, nice. Nice. (laughs) Right. So uh, it is strange to me that most of America is going to be rooting for a Canadian team to beat an American team, uh, which would not be the case in hockey. But I think everybody can unite uh, in their hatred of the Warriors. And um, I think think it's going to be a good series. I think Kawhi Leonard, especially with Kevin Durant out, and we don't know how long he's going to be out. um, But I think if, Kawhi Leonard um, doesn't have to waste uh, his, his defensive ability covering Kevin Durant the whole series. Not that it's a waste, but if he can cover uh, Steph Curry for most of the most of the series and put Danny Green on Clay Thompson, that's a pretty good uh, defensive one too against the Warriors. Do you think if the Raptors win, Kawhi will stay in Toronto? Yeah, probably. I, I can't. He see said he after that just wants to win, right? Like he doesn't right. care about being popular or something. No, he is the last person that cares about being popular. I mean, I think that like, I think it'd be cool if he stayed there. Um, I don't, I don't have a problem with the Raptors. Uh, and no, actually the very first NBA hat I ever bought was a Toronto Raptors hat. Really? It's, I, it might still only be the only hat I own. <laughs> I was just, you know, what's funny is I, I, I think like as a kid, I had a thing for expansion teams because I, I have a Carolina yeah. Panthers hat, got the Raptors. I wanted a, a Jaguars hat, but I never got one. Just like yeah, those- hard to do that after after their second year. Not very popular uh, in those parts. Yeah, and I thought they're at first they had like the the Jaguar was like running. It was like a full body shot. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they then switched they to the big the face, head. and I was like. This sucks. I wanted the yeah. No, it's cool. I gotta find. I should. I need to find my Raptors hat. I should start uh, tweeting pictures like I'm a big Raptors fan. Yeah. <laughs> Change your screen name to uh yeah, fan since '97 or whatever. Yeah, I think like I was like a kid. I was like, oh cool, they got a dinosaur as their logo. I'm in. Yep. Give me that hat. I used to wear a lot of hats as a kid. <clears throat> big time hat guy. I was the reverse. Right. So we're now we're going to talk about Game of Thrones. Right. Anybody right. who doesn't give a shit or doesn't want to hear Please. sports yeah. talk about it, 
please I listen to it anyway. Because honestly, after the finale, and I heard a lot of the local Denver sports media talking about it, people I like listening to, people's opinions uh-huh. I like, I just fucking hated all of their takes about Game of Thrones. Hated it. And I hated listening to it. Uh, so I get it. I get it. Um, right. Before, okay, so we're going to do our favorite names from the show. Yeah, top five names. Just purely uh, on like how they sound. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's and not like our favorite characters or anything. It's just coolest names. What did you like? Okay. So I've been curious to see or to hear what your thoughts are because you can't see a thought unless it's a cartoon. But uh, as somebody who binged through it, yeah, already kind of knew some of the big spoilers. I did most uh, of them, which yeah. made like the show legendary. Correct. Uh, first of all, what, did, what was your impression of the show? But then, what? How did you feel about like the last two seasons? Because they were a little bit different than everything leading up to it because of the magnitude of what they, they, they had to produce. Right. Yeah. No, they're definitely in a tough spot because like, everybody, everybody wants to demonize uh, David Benioff and Dan Weiss. Uh, but we have to remember that they had probably the highest expectations of any show in history for the last Ever. two seasons. <laughs> Ever. Uh, and they also ran out of source material to work with. That makes Obviously, it which which makes it very tough, uh, and there, yeah, there just wasn't um, there wasn't a lot to go off of. Uh, there are fewer storylines the last couple seasons because everybody started to to move together. Yeah, and so you're not switching back from from character to character to characters, which makes it kind of harder to write uh, because you have to spend more and more time uh, in these like you go from like seven plot lines in an episode to like three maybe yeah sometimes like two or one depending on the episode it changes the pacing really of your your show and like what is like a a big you know that was like one of the most you know signature parts of the show is how quickly and like how fast it like moved from uh you know this story arc to this one and yeah but also like how long it would take for a story to play out so like right right yeah Things that would be done in basically one episode the last two seasons were things that would transpire over like a half a season or a full season or like a season and a half. Yeah, like uh, Brienne of Tarth uh, and Jamie Lannister uh, going from one part of Westeros to the other. It's like two seasons. Yeah. (laughs) And now it's like... Oh, we need to do like we need to talk to Cersei in King's Landing, and it's like the next scene. Everybody's in King's Landing. Yeah, so I, I kind of put it into into tears with like I think the first four seasons are pretty widely uh, acclaimed as the best by far. I would even separate like the third. I know people like the fourth, but I think the first three were you know, A1 as far as seasons go. Four was also very, very good. Uh, you have the um, Night's Watch battle at the end and also uh, Oberyn Martell. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of my favorites. Trial, trial by combat, one of the best scenes uh, in in television, really. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, five and six, still pretty good. Season five was probably, like, my least favorite because – I felt like it was so dark. 
It was like it was very dark. It was like it was just like every week. It was just like not good things happened to characters you liked, and not like yeah. there were. I can't remember. There wasn't like super shocking deaths or anything like the red wedding. But I was just like, oh. Uh, I mean, season five you had uh, uh, a little girl being burned at the stake. Oh yeah, that was one of the things. Just like oh, right. Followed by uh, a main character getting stabbed like seven times. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. You're right. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, it was just super dark. Very. And I, I really liked season six because it kind of, you got the payoff for a lot of that it was shit good. dealt with. Um, it was good. Season seven. I don't. Uh, I don't remember a lot about season seven. I don't remember most of what they, happened. I guess you get Euron Greyjoy coming into the fold. People didn't. Yeah, seem he was, to like him very much. That's uh, you mean Bam Margera, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was a bad character just because like you didn't get enough time to hate him. And from what I've heard, like in the books, he's like a super evil dude, like a like comparable to uh, Ramsey Bolton type like level piece of shit. Yeah, we so, got enough time to spend with Ramsey Bolton to like feel yeah. how evil he was. That's what you needed. You needed time to to really paint him as a, a a bad guy season seven is when you know danny meets john and then they oh they, yeah they, they take yeah, the crew up the and fight some some white walkers and shit right okay yeah that okay that was that was a good part of that season uh the expedition to go capture a white walker uh logically don't know if that was a great idea by them <laughs> but considering had to they be done. Didn't convince anyone. But hey. Hey, whatever. Nor did they end up needing uh, her armies. So. Nope. Just just her going crazy on a dragon really, really yeah. is all you needed. Yep. Uh, so anyway, should we get into our uh, top five names? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, I'll let you start off with your number five. Uh, my number five is Peter Littlefinger Baelish. Yep. Uh, now Littlefinger, because it is a reference to a small penis, uh, never going to go unnoticed by me. Uh, but really his name comes because he's from the fingers, the finger Island or finger peninsula. So, you know, Littlefinger is just a good nickname. It's a good nickname. for He was a great character. And as you mentioned, you thought he was uh, American because of right. his performance on the wire. the wire. And right. my mind was blown when I saw him on the wire with the Baltimore East Coast <laughs> accent or whatever the fuck he had. I don't know if he was from – I forget, but that's my number five. Yeah, no, good – and you know, yeah, kind of an unceremonious death as well. Yeah. feel like he deserved a little bit more. Yeah, like he deserved right. to be in prison for a season or like really have a rough go around or, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, basically set the whole plot of the entire show into motion in the first season. Yeah. No, he really did. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's a good, that's a good pick. I'm going to go uh, five. Uh, I struggled with this one, but I, I got to go with Hot Pie. Oh, Hot it, Pie. It basically says it all. Uh, he's, his name is hot pie and he makes pies that are warm sometimes yep. excessively warm, hot. Some would say, 
I think like I, I saw somebody on Twitter like about the last season asking like, hey, whatever, but what happened to Hot Pie? And oh, I know him and Art, like you see him again. That's what he does. See him again, but like maybe he could have served some poison pies or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hot pie. Okay, wait, here's a question though. If Arya doesn't meet Hot Pie, because presumably she learns like a thing or two about making pies with him. Without that, is she able to uh, to make uh, the the Frey family pie and serve exactly. it to Walder Frey in uh, season good six? Question. Very good question. So maybe he's a little more important than people think. Yeah, he probably is. Uh, I'm listening to the books. I'm still on the first book, but maybe there'll be some more hot pie info I can dish out to you. Hopefully. Pun intended. Yeah, by the way, that uh, I think – between um, between Scott Tennerman in South Park and Walder Frey at the end of season six of Game of Thrones, uh, just nothing in television like forcing a person to eat their own family. Exactly. Uh, yeah, good. Without knowing it. Good meme uh, on Will's Twitter about that. If you'd like to see it. All right, my number four character, best name is Braun. Good. Just good. Braun. Yeah, like I think kind of describes what he is. He's you brawny. Think, you think the brawny man? You think of a strong dude? Also, one of the best characters on the show, Braun. Uh, and it's kind of like a name I would like to give my kid, hoping that he would grow to be big and strong. But knowing he's going to be like a small guy with a tough name and probably won't be able to live up to the expectations of his name. So I probably won't do that to my kid. But uh, um, Brondon. 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 This is Brondon of House. Suburbs. <laughs> yeah. I like it. He's uh, another good character. Starts off as a sellsword and becomes one of the, the more important characters in the show. Becomes uh, Lord of Highgarden. That's right. <clears throat> All right. Um, I've got uh, Beric Dondarian. Oh, yeah. Or Very solid name. Uh, where's an Patch? Has come back from the dead three or four times. Flaming uh, sword. It's, strong, it's just a strong name because... Uh, I feel like a lot of George R. R. Martin's, you know, process for naming characters is to take like a very normal name and then just like switch up one or two letters. Cause you hear Barrick Dondarian and you're like, his name should be Derek, like Dondarian. And, and it's like, no, yeah. uh, it's very close to a real human uh, American name. Just change one letter and it's perfectly Game of Thrones. So Barrick Dondarian. Yeah, I think, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, and also, like, because Hodor yeah. was symbolic for holding the door, yeah. and Beric became some symbolic for barricading, you know, dead people from killing Arya. Okay, so my Hodor third name. One of the best twists ever. My, what's that? I said Hodor, uh, definitely one of the greatest. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. The, uh, uh, my third name is the High Sparrow. Oh, that's good. The high, I mean, that character was one you fucking hated from the beginning. Yep. Uh, but the High Sparrow makes me think of a bird smoking a joint. So, I don't know. Pretty good. Just uh, like yeah, like you, you, you – went back from because he's a really good actor and you went kind of back and forth between hating him and liking him because at one point he was torturing right. Cersei Lannister 
Right. So you're not really sure who to side with in that, which is probably what makes the show so good is like, you don't, you don't fully hate uh, the bad guys and you know, you know, well, yeah, also some moral ambiguity to uh, who was supposed to be the good guys. No, it did a great job with that in terms of like season one. You're like, okay, this is the good guy. This is the bad guy. Then the best good guy fucking dies. And then like you change your opinions on characters, just like you would like in real life about people. So that's like the best thing they did. Anyway, who's your number three? Uh, I've got uh, Davo Seaworth, Sir Davo Seaworth, uh, aka the, aka the Man Without Fingers. Uh, started out as a smuggler from Flea Bottom, and uh, again just became uh, a very respected character, the advisor to the king. By the end of the show, uh, had a really good relationship with um, uh, Shireen, R.I.P. Uh, made her a horse, which he later discovered. Uh, which um, banned, banished uh, the Red Woman from the show for a while, which was disappointing to me because a uh, big fan of Melisandre. But love Davos Seaworth. Great uh, name. Constantly Love's getting out of fighting by saying, like, look, dude, I don't have any fingers on one of my hands. What am I going to do? Yeah, it's like I'm terrible at fighting. Yeah. It's like, but I do know a thing or two. Yeah, basically learns to read for a couple seasons, which is a good plot line. Yeah. And he, like, he always had, like, the, the him, Tyrion, um, Bronn, uh, they all, they all had, like, the, the funny wisdom lines. Yes. Smart things, but they said it in a kind of, like, just, like, vulgar or profane way that I always found very funny. Yep. Okay, number two. Probably could have guessed this one. Uh, gonna go with Brandon Stark, aka Brand Stark, Brandon the Broken. Brandon the Broken, yep. Which I relate to. But also, you got Brandon Stark, who was Ned Stark's brother, and then you have Brandon the Builder, who founded House Stark and also yep. built the Wall. So the lineage of Brandons, the Brand is short for Brandon in the Stark family. I'm going to go with because I am uh, an egomaniac. So I like it. And he wins. He wins the Game of Thrones. He does, yeah. He doesn't really care. But at the same time, uh, yeah, everybody's fighting over – or not fighting over, but, like, deciding who's going to, um, you know, who's going to rule. Meanwhile, like, his uncle makes his case, which I don't really understand. In the, in the series finale, like, his uncle gets up the guy who uh, was imprisoned by Walder Frey for like three seasons. <laughs> and he's like, here's why I'm qualified. And Sansa's like, sit down, sit down. old man. Yeah. Uh, I was like, okay. Sit down, you fool. Uh, don't know why that was necessary. But then Bran's just like, uh, Tyrion's like, Bran, do you accept? He's like, why do you think I came here, bitch? <laughs> why do you think I wheeled my ass all the way over here? Yeah, also, I, kind of a, he's kind of a dickhead after he became the three-eyed raven. No, I know he's like tells yeah tells Mira yeah. Reed like, see ya. I know uh, I know you dragged me from uh, north of the wall back to to Winterfell, but uh, I don't really need you anymore. Yeah, and then oh hey Sansa, good to see you again. You Hi. looked you looked beautiful the night you were raped. <laughs> yeah. You looked really beautiful, like you fucking weirdo. 
Yeah. Fucking weirdo. All right. Who's, uh, who's your number two? Uh, I've got a man who has just a, a really, I think on both fronts, he's got like a, a great like given name and then a great nickname. Uh, but it's Sandor Clegane, AKA the hound. Very good. Yep. Just one of the, one of the best characters, like pound for pound on the show. Uh, yeah. has an incredible, incredible arc kind of the reverse of it, it. I was thinking about this yesterday because so their characters, uh, Arya Stark and the Hound intersect for a couple seasons. Uh, and they're basically on opposite trajectories in that show because the Hound starts out as like the, the bloodthirsty guy at the beginning of the show. And he, and he slowly becomes like a good man by the end of it, like an honorable man in, in a way. Yeah, he fucking butchers a kid early on. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, which gets him on Arya's list. But, and then Arya's like, they intersect, but Arya's going the opposite direction and she starts out from a very innocent child to like a, a bloodthirsty, uh, revenge, obsessed sword fighter. Right. No, it's, uh, I didn't really love about Arya. Like everybody on that show, uh, I, I feel like the first four seasons of that show is like, do not seek revenge because you'll end up paying for it. Like Oberyn Martell. Yeah. Um, trying to think of, well, you know, uh, Rob Stark. Well, yeah. If you're any Stark and you punish a guy by cutting off his head, you eventually die. Right. It happened to Ned. It happened to Rob, and it happened to John. Yeah. They all disciplined somebody by chopping off their head and then they all got fucking murdered. Yeah. And like Oberyn's whole story through season four is like, he's trying to avenge his sister and Mm -hmm. uh, her children. And George R. R. Martin's like, Nope. Revenge is a waste of time. Here's why. And you'll get your head caved in by a very strong man. Yeah. It'll see. Uh, It'll be interesting. Interesting to see how, what he does with Arya in the books. Yeah, I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to see. I have not read the books. Uh, I opened a an illegal PDF over the weekend go. and started reading the first book and noticed that it was 750 pages. I was like, I might do this later. Yeah, I'm listening to the audio book. That's probably the way to go. It is. Uh, yeah. Also, every time like Arya and the Hound were on the screen, I would sing for their their spinoff series where it's just Arya and the Hound. Yeah, and the they, they had like a, a a theme song. Yeah, it's like. Aria and the hound, 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 hound. Either like a cartoon or a sitcom that you you build on that song. I like it. Okay, number one. Yeah. Number one for me, and there's a chance we both have the same number one. We didn't know about this list prior, but I, I have to go with Tormond Giants Bane. We do not have the same number one. Okay, good. A good pick, though. I considered it for my list. Tormond... Probably my favorite character by the end of the show. Uh, Figured. Best, best comedically, you know? I'm always going to be one over with comedic timing, which... Uh, the where's the big woman line spawned so many great memes. <laughs> Even, you know, it's only been like a week and a half, and I've seen that so many times. It's so perfect. And then he, he gave us the backstory on how he got the, the nickname Giant, or the last name Giant's Bane. Yeah. And it was about... Sucking milk from a, a giant teat. Yep. Uh, That's how he got so strong. So, yeah. A common theme here is the nicknames play kind of a role in our list for these characters. Yep. 
a good a good pick. A good pick. All right, uh, who's your number one? So mine, I don't know how you're gonna feel about it. Uh, it's just one of the coolest sounding names I think conceivable, and it's uh, the one true king, the guy who probably had the most logical claim to the throne in the entire show, and that's Stannis Baratheon. Stannis. Stannis Baratheon. Just think about it. It's like uh, well, Baratheon strong. It's so strong. Baratheon by itself is such a great surname, and then Stannis. It's like it could be Stan. It could be Stanley, but it's made much stronger by Stannis. being Stannis, the Manis. Uh, a great, a great ruler, a great leader of men. <laughs> um, probably falls victim a little bit too much to uh the red woman's advice especially later on in the show he got a little too religiously devout yeah um conservative if you will father's uh a ghost that kills his brother which was a smoke baby yeah uh you know allows his daughter to be burned at the stake not really uh doesn't really like I don't know. It doesn't take it too hard when his wife hangs himself, hangs herself um, after prior to, or no, after the burning of their daughter. Uh, and then when he's defeated by Ramsey Bolton, basically just lets um, Brienne take his head off. It's like, yeah, that's your duty. You got to do it. It is pretty incredible though, that uh, they pay off like a murder that happened in season two at the end of season five. That is true. I Sorry, I stopped paying attention because uh, one of my thing. old videos that has been taken down by YouTube, I've got a tab of all my links up. It just started playing. Oh, boy. So I heard it in my earphones. This is good news. Hopefully. But I agree. Stannis Baratheon, strong name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honorable mention to, to Joffrey Baratheon, who's really Joffrey Lannister. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite, I think... Pound for pound, my favorite character in the show is Joffrey. Joffrey. Yeah. Oh, he uh, was a great villain. He was a great first villain to really have. Yeah. And he's, yeah, the, he's from uh, Cork, Ireland, where I lived for a little bit. And Ooh. the actor himself is uh, just a very cool guy. Like, if you listen to him interviewed, he couldn't be um, more different than jo- Joffrey. Uh, and he gave up screen acting, too, which is kind of a bummer, but I understand. <clears throat> Yeah, I wish I had that option. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to do this shit anymore. Made my money. Just gonna I'm going to go, yeah, just gonna get a master's degree. Yeah. Why not? Well, we did it. We talked about we Game of it. Thrones together, Will. We sure did. The last 20 minutes of this podcast were just for you and me, basically. I don't know. I think some people like it. So if, if anybody listened to all the Game yeah. of Thrones shit, please let us know. And please uh, don't comment like uh, this is a football show because there's – Nothing going on this week. Nothing. Nothing important. Uh, so yeah, without the Game of Thrones part well, you, of this episode, it just would have been twenty minutes shorter. You you want you want us to talk about Terrell Pryor signing with the, Did he the really? Jaguars? I didn't even know that, so yeah. yeah, I saw it today on Twitter. Great. Can't even think about making a video because I don't have a place to put it. Nope. Except for the second uh, YouTube channel, which I may start doing. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, We love you and goodbye.